Do you think the vodka is different here? First night went out with them. They're like, oh, you have to try Russian vodka. Like Beluga. Heavy on my ass. I was like, what is this? I was so gone. I'm like, I'm never drinking. And they can drink. Russians can drink. That's a fact. That is a fact. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Stewie's World. I'm Brianna Stewart reporting live from Russia. I'm joined today by two friends, both familiar with playing the game of basketball overseas. Please welcome Arike Agumbawale. Thanks for having me. And Alan Williams. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. I'm like, I really feel like I should just be like, previet. To <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> to just start with the, the Russian hello. <laughs> for sure. Talk to you First, Arike, let's start with you. Explain to us where you are in Russia and first impressions of the city. Yeah, well, I'm in Kursk and it's it's super far from really anything. We're the only, you know, sports team in the city. Like I was in Turkey last year. There was like different sports, a men's team. Like we're the only one. And to travel, there's one little airport, one gate. And so you either got to take a train or you got to take a bus ride to go everywhere or wait like once a week for a flight so it's kind of crazy out here and it's it's getting really cold but I mean I'm used to it because I'm from the Midwest but it's getting pretty nippy and it's a really small town but yeah curse Russia <laughs> and Alan uh, I'm in Krasnodar Russia um it's like in the southern part of Russia it's a warmer city uh, I think right now it's like probably like 50s it snows probably like six or seven times a year and it's like really nice the rest of the year um, nice. travel sucks. Out here. No, no, definitely no. It's, 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 <laughs> it's definitely the best place to. I say the best place to be uh, in Russia in terms of the weather. But um, for us too, travel has been super difficult throughout the year. Everything is a flight through Moscow. So if you fly through Moscow, then you got to stop and fly the other direction or fly out the country. And it's a, it's it's a big hassle for sure. I think being in Moscow would be the the the, the best move. But uh, Krasnodar is a really nice city. I love it here. I'm like, I didn't even know it could be 50 degrees somewhere yeah. in Russia in December. It's, like. it's, it's cold. I mean, it's, usually, it's been colder than it was last season, but last season, I swear, we had, like, it was sunny the whole year. It was barely That's any, crazy. any wow. cold at all, so it was nice. Uh-uh. And for everyone else, I'm in Ekaterinburg, Russia, so I'm, like, far east, close to Siberia, which is uh, similar to Arike's uh, situation. It's very cold. It's, it's actually mm. colder here, so Arike, when you come here, it's... It's going to be cold. Uh, <laughs> for us, like hooping overseas is, is normal, especially as, as women's basketball players. Alan, you've been overseas, you've been in the league, you've been all types of things. But what do you think like the American perspective on people going to play overseas is and the, the hoopers perspective on us going overseas? I think I think that's a great question. I think it's changed in both aspects. I think before... I'd say maybe four or five years ago before overseas basketball was as known as it is now. And I think social media has played like a big role in like getting overseas hoopers the recognition and notoriety that they deserve and, and the respect that they deserve. Um, I think it was looked down upon, you know, it's like, oh, you can't make it here. So you got to go overseas and play when in a lot of situations, the money's better. The situation's better. You're playing. You're, you're just overall happier because of kind of the struggles of the NBA life is like. Every day is so ambiguous. You don't know kind of what you're going to get. Obviously, the star players are the star players. But uh, for a guy like me, who's a role guy, um, you know, I can I can really be a star over here 
and and enjoy life in in all the aspects of it. And so I think from a Hoover's perspective too, guys respect overseas, especially the Euro League, Euro Cup situations in certain countries. They understand how difficult it is to be successful over here because the game's so much different. So, um, yeah, I think it's I think it's it's, it's changed for the better um, for 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 the regular people and and for the hoopers out there. Definitely have more respect for people over here that that go out and and, and push through that grind. So, when I was I was looking through some of these questions that I had, and you know that's one thing is like for us especially uh, Arike and I. You know, when we think of playing WNBA and going overseas, like it's respect, you know, it's a level of respect that we get because it's like we're going back and forth and doing all these things. So, Arike, you said you were in in Turkey before. This is this is just your second year overseas. Mm -hmm. Second. Yeah. How is the overseas game different? I think Turkey more so than Russia, because with Russia, there's only like a couple top players. So, I mean, compared to last year, like I'm chilling more. But in Turkey, there's like three at least three WBA players on each team so it's really like you playing against players in WBA every single night like it's physical mm-hmm. it's tough and I mean when you have to play a lot in the WBA and go right to this season and you know people overseas like the coaches and stuff they they want you to perform like if you lose it's your fault if you win it's it's because of you like they don't care about that so you have to go out there they'll play you 40 minutes <laughs> they'll run you into the ground like they'll just they'll really you know wear you out out there but um I think it's just, I think the WNBA is more difficult just because, I mean, we're the best players in the world. But over here, you know, when you get over there, people are always trying to prove themselves. And a lot of the players that play overseas aren't in the WNBA as well. Like there are WNBA players, but there's a lot of players that aren't in the WNBA. So they make it a point every night to, you know, try to show you up because they're not in the league. Like it's just a lot that goes on that shouldn't be going on. But it's (laughs) It's more physical on the dirty side more than the WBA, but I think the WBA is still, you know, top level. And Alan, how is it different, I guess, comparing to the league to, to, to overseas? It's way different. I mean, it's obviously the shorter game, the 48-minute game in the NBA compared to the 40-minute game in Europe is, like, way different. Um, five fouls compared to six fouls. I've fouled out so many games just off of this <laughs> BS, you know what I'm saying? Like, stuff that I know for a fact wasn't a foul. So it's something to get used to. But uh, I think just the overall physicality, like every possession and every game means so much here. You know what I mean? That pressure, you feel that. It's like, yo, you got to go out. It could be the worst team in the league, but they pushing you like you playing the top team. You know what I'm saying? And like right. every single night, you got to bring it because if you take that loss, it's like you said, it's your fault. It's on you. Those, it's going to fall on, on, the, on the best player's shoulders. Um, whereas in the NBA, you got 82 games. And, and, and I'm sure in the W, too. There's they're just games where it's like, okay, cool. If I chill tonight, it's, it is what it is. We get the win, we get the loss. Obviously, you want to go out there and win every game. But you get the win, you get the loss. It is what it is. Whereas here, it's none of that. You know what I mean? That, that <laughs> pressure is real on you night in and night out. And I say that's the biggest difference is that is that mental aspect and being locked in for, for every single game. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely true. I mean, Enrique, when you were talking a little, I was getting China vibes, you know, because it's like they expect <laughs> you to go and they expected you to like score everything, get all the rebounds right. and you better win the game, too. And then my first year when I came to Russia, I felt the same. Like my teammates were going so hard at me, like and I have it's no problem like going right. hard in practice. But it's like, practice <laughs> is, is this your league tryout? Like what's happening? Right. That's what I'm saying. Like there's no scouts watching you, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think we should we should talk about it a little bit. The fact that, you know, obviously coming over here during the COVID times for the, those that don't know, Russia is closed. You know, the borders mm-hmm. are closed. Usually people can come in on a tourist visa. 
it's kind of a pain in the ass to get here and to to kind of go home for break and come back and all these things. I'm sure you guys are thinking of the same thing. I'm like looking mm-hmm. at these flights and they're 30 hours long. I guess with with this year being so up in the air, obviously the pandemic, all the other social injustices that that's going on in our country. Why did you still want to come overseas? Like, was there any doubt? I'll start with you, Enrique. Was there any doubt for you to come overseas or you you were just like all in? I think my only doubt was if there was even going to be an overseas season. Like, I think that was my biggest thing, because other than that, like, obviously, I'm still young. So, you know, I need to make money and there's a lot of money overseas for me. So, you know, that was going to have to happen. Like, obviously, my safety is important. And, you know, I had to make sure that was, a you know, number one priority for them. But I don't think like if there was going to be a season, I was going to be, you know, overseas. I signed my contract already. So, you know, I was happy there was a season because obviously I want to play, you know, not knowing if there's a WBA season like that was I was anxious like the whole summer. So I was even anxious. It's like, am I going to have to sit out seven months, you know, till the next WBA season? So, you know, I was happy that they figured out a way, but it's definitely a pain, you know, getting over here. You got to get a COVID test 72 hours before, like you have to fly through different countries. Like it's so much to go on just to get out here. But and then they have to cut your break short because they they put in those travel days, which sucks. So mm-hmm. it's just it's a lot. But, you know, I was happy they had a season, though, for sure. Alan, I guess it's it was a little different for you because, you know, you didn't play this summer. Yeah, no. So I played on the same team last year and we finished our well, COVID cut our season short in March. Mm-hmm. And so I had the longest summer break in my career. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? In my six year career, I was I was home from the end of March until the middle of August. And so it was amazing. And I think the biggest thing for me was like having all that time at home with your family and being around and seeing that kind of stuff and getting to live, you know what I'm saying, live off of the hard work that you put in night in and night out. Because as athletes, you guys can say this too, is like you go from one season right to the next. The vacation's a month, you know what I'm saying? Maybe you go somewhere, maybe you do something with, with the people that you care about, but you don't really get that real time. And so I actually had that real time for the first time. And I was like, I don't want to leave. You know what I mean? It was the hardest to go back over there. And obviously the financial implications are huge. Like, no way I'm, I'm missing out on the money. But uh, it was definitely a lot harder. You know what I mean? And, and, and the COVID stuff and the social justice stuff, leaving your family at that time when a lot of us in these situations are big parts of our family and big, either whether it be financial or support wise, um, you kind of worry about your people back at home, but um, mm-hmm. at, the, at the end of the day, you got a job to do, and I think that's what kind of pushed me, got me on that plane, and through that two and a half hour travel day to get here. So, <laughs> it was crazy. literally so long, crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I was talking to someone yesterday, and they were kind of like, you know, why, why did you come overseas? And for me, it's like, you know, coming back from an injury. Um, I can't imagine just not playing basketball just just by choice. You know, I want to continue mm-hmm. to play um, as as much as possible. And it's like, you know, in the situation where in our country so many people are unemployed, if we have a job, right, right, we we need to take that job and and go and do what we need to do. You talked a little bit about the the COVID tests, Alan. I'm like. How how often do you guys get tested a week? Because I'm curious, like, if it's different between us. No, we're, okay, so we come back from a, it's like three times a week. So Ooh. we'll do it the two time, two days before the game. And if we travel the day before we travel, and then when we come back the day we land. So it's like always, it's, it's pretty much three times a week. Um, and then twice a month, we'll do blood tests to check for antibodies. 
And then once a month, we do cardiographic um, screenings to make sure that our hearts are healthy for people to have it. Like we had a time where we had nine players with it at one time and they shut the whole thing down kind of thing. And so most of us have the antibodies. So we've been we've been straight as of late. And so they make sure they're on it. That's super nice that they do those tests yeah. like once a month, though, <laughs> a for sure. No, like the heart yeah. ones. No, that was, that was big. Arike, how? what about your team? I mean, usually three days before a game, but it's up to the team. Like, if they don't want you, like, if they don't care, then we just don't get tested. Like, it's pretty much up in the air for us, to be honest. Like, there was, like, weeks and weeks I went without getting tested, and there was one week I got tested, like, three times. So, mm -hmm. I don't know. They just wake up one day. It's like, <laughs> time to COVID test, I guess. It's because it's super, like, <laughs> I don't even know. I think for us, too, it's, it's tough because we're going country to country where you guys have yeah. the bubble. Mm -hmm. For the most part, yeah. when you're doing your, your EuroLeague women's stuff, when we're doing our EuroCup stuff, we're going from country to country. So, like, the test in Poland was crazy. Like, they held my nose back and had it in there for, like, 20 seconds, like, just oh, digging wow. in okay. there. And then, like, we get back to Russia, and it's, like, it's pretty light compared. You know what I'm saying? So, like, everywhere you go, too, the testing is different. And that's the crazy part about it, too, is when you mm -hmm. get some crazy tests. I, I told you yesterday, Alan, but, like, I, I tested positive um, here in Russia. Mm -hmm. It was the beginning of November, and it was right before the break. So, you know, I'm hyped to go on my break. Right. And then they, like, they told Smack. me, they're like, you, yeah, they're like, you test positive. And I was like, what? Like, I don't mm -hmm. have any symptoms. I don't have any yeah. fever, nothing mm -hmm. crazy. But, yeah, I just went in. I went into two-week quarantine. You know, it's way strict, 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 strict in Russia. Um, but I guess as it should be to hopefully continue to contain the virus. But yeah, I was like, I was like, I come to Russia. I just got here like a week ago and I already got COVID. Uh, right. <laughs> but still, I guess I was fortunate. You know, I know a lot of people yeah. that have like crazy, crazy symptoms, but yeah. still it's, it's, it's something that we can't joke around with. No, not at all. Even when we go back home, like I know me, like when I'm going to see my family, I'm like a little hesitant because I mean, obviously I have it, I've had it already, but like, even still, you don't want to get them sick. You don't, you don't mm -hmm. know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So we continue to wear our masks here in Russia <laughs> and, and hopefully, it. hopefully see what happens. So I guess, Alan, I want to talk about your injury. Alan was injured, what, like two weeks ago? A little less than two yeah, weeks ago? just a little over two weeks ago. I don't know the exact specifics of your injury, but I know you have a Ruptured knee injury. Patella. Ruptured patella. Ruptured patella. So you're still in Russia. Um, how's how's the, the rehab going? Are you going to go home for Christmas? And what's that plan looking like? First of all, like making that decision to get the surgery done in Moscow was like, a big one, you know what I mean? It was a call between myself and my agent, the different teams, because you want to get the best job done. Um, luckily for me, the person that I ended up getting the, the surgery from in Moscow had done a million of them, had worked with the Russian national team, worked with the Spurs in San Antonio for a little bit. And so it was somebody that I could really trust. And so that getting that done as quickly as possible was great. And then my team has just been amazing. Like, I think my agent was telling me that He's never seen the team really take control of a situation the way that they've been taking control of it and making sure everything um, goes right and, and, it, and I'm comfortable and everything. And so the rehab's going well. The swelling's going down. I feel better every day. Um, and, yeah, I'll get to go home. So in a couple of weeks here, I'll fly back and uh, spend Christmas with my family for the first time. And I don't know how long. Get to stay for about a month. I know y'all jealous. 
No, we, we go home. We go home. Oh, y'all get to go yeah, home? Yeah, we go home mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Oh that's my god, that's love. I'm about to say, if y'all need me to bring something back, I'll bring something back. <laughs> but uh, but no, no, it's it's um, they they're doing a great job, and I'm just excited to to knock out this rehab. But um, definitely was a little skeptical at first, but um, yeah, man, I trusted with my club and everything's going well. It also helps that you were like getting double doubles like crazy. And of course, the club is going to take care of it. Speaking of home, we, we are all going to be able to go home for the holidays, which is coming very, very quickly, thankfully. What's the biggest thing, Arike, that you miss from from home? Probably just the snacks, like being able to go like food and snacks, like being able to go to your favorite restaurant Seafood, there's no seafood over here, and that's my favorite, like crab legs, all that stuff. But no, just being able to <laughs> right, go to the grocery store and know what everything is saying, like not having to pull out your phone and translate everything, like it makes the grocery store trip add like 30 minutes. Like just being able to do stuff that you easily can do in the States for sure, and home cooked meals. Yeah, I think it's all that for sure. Like the snacks is are huge, like Russian snacks. They aren't the best. Like, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll just put it out there and say it. Like, sometimes you just want something that you just can never get and never find. So that's a big thing. I think, too, it's just like having somebody to talk to. And, like, obviously I love my teammates and spend a lot of time with them and everything. But it's like nothing like, you know what I'm saying, your brother, your friend, or your, you know what I'm saying, whoever it is. Like, you can just have a conversation with and talk to. Like, I'm sitting in the apartment by myself for these last couple of days going crazy because there's just nobody to talk to. You know what I'm saying? And FaceTime just doesn't do it justice. And so... I think um, that 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 piece of it, just having people to to, to be around, is is, is going to be super dope when I'm back home. So yeah, I just never understand why they don't have the nacho cheese Pringles. Yeah, they, they only have, have they only have paprika. They, yeah, but they have so like, many know. different flavors of Pringles. Like Shrimp, I saw ham and cheese, crab. I'm like, who is like, like, eating these? The ham and cheese really blew me because that's yeah. disgusting. <laughs> no, but then I got my Russian teammates who'll eat it though. Like they'll be eating it. Like, it's not like some people don't eat it. Like I've seen people actually consume this stuff, and I'm just like, y'all nasty. And then one time, one time I had one, I thought it was like sour cream and onion, but you know, like those green onions, the long ones. You yeah. know what I'm talking about? It was like chips Luke. with that in it, and I was mm. like. I, I didn't know. <laughs> when, I, when I'm when i overseas, obviously Sue Bird, she was overseas for a long time and in Russia for a long, long time. And she would talk about, you know, being here and there was no social media. Mm-hmm. There was no like cell phones. There was no iPhone. There was like a landline. There was like Wi-Fi. That's crazy. Can you, can you imagine, imagine being over here know. without social media? <laughs> no, Not without at all. Netflix. Without Netflix. I'll go crazy. I can't even imagine without your phone or nothing like that. No way. So what did she say she did? <laughs> uh, what did she do? She talked to like on the landline. She talked on the mm. landline and like when her Wi-Fi cut out for whatever she was doing, she was <laughs> like, <laughs> that was it. It was over. <laughs> right. I don't know. I don't know. I think she had some type of phone. I don't know. I'm, now I'm going to botch the story, but who cares? <laughs> so let's talk about... So, Alan, you're playing Euro Cup. Yep. And obviously, we just came back from Euro League. Alan, we'll start with you because I just brought you up. But, like, for Euro Cup, you travel all over the the, the world, you know? You go mm. across Europe and things like that. And I see you, and I'm like, I'm jealous that he's, like, able to shop and do normal things in these countries where, for us, it's like we can't even get into Europe. Um, so how, how was, you know, the Euro cup experience this year? Obviously there's no fans, which 
doesn't help for those big games, but was it still nice to be able to travel and, and this and that? Yeah, it was amazing. Like the best trip of the year was Monaco. You know what I'm saying? Like we went to, to Monaco and it was open, like, and it was perfect, sunny, walked around, shopped, ate great. You know what I'm saying? Got to enjoy that for like three days and we won the game. So after the game, we all went to dinner and everything was good. And so it's like, it, was, it felt normal. You know what I'm saying? When you're in Russia for as long as you are, you got to get out because Russia is a Russia is a different place compared to anywhere else in 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 all of Europe. You know what I'm saying? Istanbul is super cool because it's super cultured and it's it's American like in its kind of way. And in different parts of Europe are the same. You feel at home, but Russia is one place where it's like, okay, I, I definitely know I'm in Russia. And so any chance you get a chance <laughs> to get out and get somewhere else, um, we always took advantage of it. Like we were always talking about the trips that we get to go to, and we're just like, yeah, we can't wait till this happens, and then. The next grouping, we could be playing a couple of Spanish teams and maybe an Italian team. So it's like, okay, cool. That's gonna be that's gonna be fun. Um, doing that too. So uh, definitely, definitely nice that we're not in a bubble and they found a way to kind of get it done. So props to them, Arike. So for those that don't know, we were just in the Euroleague bubble what mm-hmm. two weeks ago, beginning of December. Yours was in Istanbul, right? Mm-hmm. So tell me the story that happened with the team that did not come. Oh, because yeah. Because you, you only like, had yeah. three teams in your group. We only had three teams. How was the bubble compared to the WNBA bubble? It wasn't really a bubble because people, there was regular people staying in the hotel. But other than that, like every team had their own floor. Um, one of our trainers tested positive, actually. So we had to like quarantine yeah, and we had to get tested like at seven a.m. like three days in a row, and we couldn't eat with the rest of the group. Like it was it was annoying, but yeah, so we had to quarantine. But um, yeah, Ismet, they like eight of them tested positive right before the bubble, so they obviously couldn't come because they're you know all the players had corona, which was crazy. So we only had to play two teams, and I mean we didn't do that well, but whatever. <laughs> but uh, other than that, like it was cool. But I mean. It was kind of like the league because, you know, you go down, you eat, you do all that. Um, go, But the gym was off campus, so we went to an off-campus gym to go play. But other than that, it was cool. Our bubble was in um, Spain, which was a little bit nicer because um, mm-hmm. at least we could look out the window. And they actually, right. so so it like was a fake bubble. You know, we got mm-hmm. tested. The players aren't allowed to go anywhere or do anything. But then they were like, oh, you can go for a walk for 30 minutes. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so our team went for 30-minute walks, but it's a different world where, you know, WNBA, we were tested every single day, and, and during right. the early bubble, we were tested once. Mm-hmm. We were tested once we got there, and, and that was it. And then we had to test, obviously, to go back to Russia. But I'm interested to see for our next bubble that's going to be in January if mm-hmm. there's going to be any changes from from your More freedom. More freedom, more testing, something needs to be more, mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah. But we'll we'll see when we uh when we cross that path, I guess. This is something that I'm asked all the time is, you know, it was how are we continuing to use our platforms in the bubble, which that was what was happening in the WNBA. How are we continuing to use our platforms and use our voice when we're not accessible? And I guess the same thing is that I would ask you guys that I, I get asked is, Arika, how do you continue to kind of use your platform even though we're so far away from home and, and all the other things that are going on? Yeah, I mean, well, social media, like that's, 
that's really how you can do it. You know, you can tweet at any point. You can repost on Instagram at any point. You can still do, you know, interviews, just time it up with the schedule. But definitely just social media. And obviously we all have followers. You know, we have a good amount of followers. So people are going to see that. And, you know, whenever you can post, like whenever I see something, I'll repost it or say something about it. And like, that's really as much as you can do when we're all the way, you know, across mm-hmm. the world, but definitely just using that because we have that platform for a reason. So social media is the biggest thing right now. Yeah, no, definitely. Social media is big. And I think too, it's our responsibility, especially as being overseas basketball players now that we're not in it when it's going on in the States. We just got to be conscious and careful about where we get our information from and make sure that it's the right thing that we're sending out. You know what I'm saying? I think that's mm-hmm. that's the toughest thing about being overseas. It's like, okay, cool. You'll hear something from an outlet and be like, oh, no, that's wrong, or oh, yeah, I think that's right. And then your reaction is based off of what you hear at first rather than, like, digging deeper. And so that can mm-hmm. kind of get you in trouble a little bit. And I think as as professional athletes and as individuals with platforms and beliefs and, 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 and things that we want to do to make the world better, I think it's our responsibility to make sure that we're that we're getting our information, um, I guess, from the right source or, or trying to be as, as have as truthful information as possible and then getting that out there and, and letting our voices be heard. Um, so uh, definitely can't be quiet while you're over here. You got to make sure that you're still, you know, what I mean, fighting a good fight. So absolutely. And I think it's it's kind of interesting that, you know, we're in such a virtual time right now with with obviously COVID that, you know, it it gives us these opportunities to kind of continue to use our platform, whether it's a a virtual event or things like that. And, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I find myself, you know, I'm always up late and and up early to talk to people at home, but now even more so to continue to kind of be a part of these other events that we're missing. And one big one is shout out to uh, Reverend Warnock, the Georgia Senate, um, the state runoff is happening potentially opportunity to flip the Senate. So hopefully all of the Georgia citizens have registered to vote and and will continue to vote because that is something big that is happening right now. The next thing I want to talk about that I'm super interested about is the NBA starting. I guess the first thing I want to talk about is the bubble. You know, you hear the bubble last summer. The NBA guys were like, you know, it was so hard. I wasn't with my family and this and that and the other. And it's like for, two weeks. for us for two weeks. <laughs> And it's like, for <laughs> us, this that's normal. Yeah. So I guess, Arike, like, what was your first thoughts about that when you heard those comments about them in the bubble? Yeah, basically, I mean, they're, they're spoiled, but I said rightfully so. They obviously bring in a lot of revenue. They're used to, you know, everything that they're used to. They have millions, but... Just hearing them complain, like we, if you weren't five years in the league, which is a lot of years, you couldn't even bring anybody. Mm -hmm. And even if you were, you had to pay like $4,000 or something like crazy, like for no reason. But I mean, we're used to it. Like overseas people, like we can't bring our whole families overseas. So obviously we're used to the seclusion and just being away from, you know, family. But I mean, it was kind of funny. They got, you know, a little taste of not being, you know, the, (laughs) <laughs> getting everything that they wanted for two weeks. Let's remember for two weeks. But uh, I mean, it, it was funny, but obviously it worked out for them. But yeah, their bubble was pretty nice compared to, you know, all the other bubbles in the world. <laughs> Probably compared to a lot of people's overseas situations, too, for real. Like, right. right. So you could be in a bad city and it feel like you're in a bubble. You know what I mean? So, right. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, hearing it at first, I was like, wow, that's that's crazy to think about. And immediately I was like, nah, that's BS. You know what I'm saying? I'm not really trying to hear that. <laughs> I'm over here 10 months grinding and getting it like this is light for y'all. But then you mm-hmm. then you take back and realize that when you're when you're in the NBA, you're accustomed to a certain lifestyle. And like mm-hmm. anybody that gets accustomed yeah. to a lifestyle to have it drastically change like that, 
it's going to be hard for him. So um, right. I know for mental experience, like being alone or being away from your peoples for any point of time, really, and having to go out and be professional and, and do your job, is it's tough to do. So, um, yeah, man, uh, definitely, definitely a lot shorter than than this overseas grind for sure, though. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like overseas hoopers are we're used to being in a bubble, even if it's not considered mm-hmm. a bubble, it's a bubble to us because sure. you know things aren't aren't as accessible. Alan, how do you think the the 2021 WNBA, WNBA, well, I'll talk about that too, but how do you think the 2021 <laughs> NBA season is going to go? Like, do you think it's going to be fine, like, being able to play in their own gyms and stuff like that? Or what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, I think I think if the NFL can somehow manage to get it done the way that they've been able to get it done, we're having, you know what I'm saying, multiple people get it every week, but you put them out and then... I don't, I don't. I don't see it being a, a real big issue because the money's too big. You know what I'm saying? Whenever, whenever money's involved at that magnitude, they're gonna find a way to 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 get it done. And I think playing with no fans to begin with is a good move. And then just drastically just gauging, you know what I'm saying? How things go with the vaccinations that are coming up and all that different kind of stuff. I think you just play it by ear, and um, hopefully fans can get back in there, man. Because like that's one thing that professional sports needs is is fans. You know what I mean? And that's that's the reason why we play, and that's the reason why we're compensated the way that we're compensated because it's entertainment for people. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that uh, finding a way to get fans in there safely, protecting the players and protecting the fans um, in the NBA and in the WNBA is is going to be a big goal for them and a big job for them but I think it's something that they can they can handle for sure. Speaking of NFL, Arike, what's like what has your brother he plays for the the, the Bucks, right? Jaguars. He oh. was in the Bucks but he got traded to Jaguars. Sorry, sorry. No, he was in the Jaguars. Bucks, <laughs> like what has he told you about the experience of of the NFL and, you know, them trying to make the season go on like it's normal? The NFLs, they are like they seem pretty hard headed. Like they were gonna have a season regardless. Like regardless, even before, yeah. yeah, even before it was announced, and like when the pandemic, obviously, it's still really bad. But like when people didn't know a lot, like they didn't say anything. Like season was gonna be as planned. Like they didn't have any, you know, things put into play. Like season was gonna happen for them regardless. So he was just like, I mean, it is what it is. He has to go and stuff. But it's kind of crazy though that they te- like a quarterback can test positive. That's your like now you have to play with somebody else. It's not like you can, yeah. you know, do something about it. Like they're like the show keeps <laughs> keeps going for the NFL, which is absolutely insane. But I mean, they've come this far, so <laughs> it's even more insane. It's just like obviously NFL, NBA have like all these crazy resources, but you see like college basketball, you see college football. Mm-hmm. Like these games are getting canceled like left and right That's because crazy. it's mm-hmm. like the virus is like so unknown. It's, we have no it's idea. Mm-hmm. It's, it's huge. Yeah. <laughs> If you had to make a prediction right now, who is going to win the 2021 NBA championship? Arike? I'm going to have to go with the Lakers. Like, it's it's hard to go against them. They have, and they just added crazy pieces, like role players like Trez and um, what's his name? Dennis. I think they're going to be solid again, obviously. I got the Lakers winning it. I'm going with the Nets. Oh, I was about to say, that's my runner-up, Brooklyn. I was going to say, Brooklyn, Brooklyn will be there for sure, too. <laughs> Let me see my guy, KD. He needs to get buckets. It's tough, though. It's, it's their first year together, though. It's their first real year together. So it's going to be a little shaky, for sure. But, I mean, there's still some killers, though. I mean, for sure it's going to be shaky, but... but... They, no, they got... Oh, they're, 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 oh, they're crazy. 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 KD, Kyrie, Karis. They're, they're going to be nice. Yeah. 
They're going to be fun to watch. A lot of teams going to be fun to watch. I'm excited to be up at 3 a.m. trying to watch, mm-hmm. but I'll be there. <laughs> I'll wake up. <laughs> I'm definitely going to stay awake, for sure. One of my last questions for Arike. Do you think, so like seeing the NBA happen now normally, do you think, actually I have two questions. Do you think that we're going to be able to have a normal season with the WNBA? Or are we going to be in a bubble again? I mean, I pray we have a normal season, but I don't know. Like... For some reason, I can just see them doing a bubble game just because it's like the safest way and it cuts out having to, you know, pay for all the flights and do this, this and that. But I mean, if the NBA can do it, like go to each other's places and, you know, not have fans, I think we can too. So hopefully they follow their lead, but you never know. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing for us is we don't charter and that's the thing. Yeah, exactly. Like that's the problem, but we're doing it over here. So... Right. And obviously there's there's bumps in the road, but I hope by the time the WNBA is about to start that um, we'll be in our city. I can't do a bubble again. I, I don't <laughs> I know if I'm doing a bubble again either because I'm going to be in my <laughs> house. <laughs> right. I don't know if that can happen again, truly. <laughs> the other question I wanted to ask you is Dallas, they just hired um, VJ, Vicky Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, your initial thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm excited about that. I've heard a lot of good things. Like, obviously, I did my research, you know, asked players that have played for her and that know her. And I've heard nothing but, you know, good things. So, and I've talked to her and she seems really excited and has some good plans for her. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully it'll work out. But I'm definitely excited. And, you know, it's good to have a woman of color as a coach, mm-hmm. a player that's played in the league. So she knows everything that we've been through. Like she knows the ins and outs of the WNBA. Like, cause it's a, it's a different type of game. Like you can be a coach, but to actually, you know, have done it and played it and lived it. Like that's a different story. So, you know, I'm excited to play for her. Yeah. I'm, I'm super excited to see um, how you guys do. Obviously with such a young core, it's, you know, you mm-hmm. had exciting moments in the bubble. Um, and now mm-hmm. to kind of translate that with a new head coach is going to be really cool. Um, my last thing, I'm like, <laughs> Alan, um, how much Russian do you know? I'm like, give I, me some I'm, Russian. Give me some I'm Russian. I'm like really straight. Like, I'm actually all right at it. Like, for real. I can do like, Adin, Dva, Tri, Chetiri, Piet, Chase, Sim, Vosim. David Desi, so that's one through ten. I'm like, yeah, he's I counting one. Katia, ah, harasho, faisiva, ativio, um, oh, harasho, normano, faisiva. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I can like get, I'm straight. Like, yeah, you, the, you I can just said like, store. hey, hey, how are you? Like, yeah, okay. I can go to the, I can order food at a restaurant for the most part. Yeah, man, I, I took, I, I got like the start of this year, I started taking, um. I hired like a Russian tutor, and so mm, that's why we were wow. working on that mm. for like a good <laughs> three, four weeks before the season started. So, Arike, how's your Russian coming along? I'm I'm still on Spasiba, but I'm getting the I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting a couple little things here and there, but maybe I'll learn. I'll pick it up, maybe, but it's only been a couple months, so we'll see. Yeah, you're gonna pick it up slowly, slowly but surely. Slowly, but yeah, sure. so very slowly. <laughs> Story, what about you? Uh, mine is, mine is okay. I know like the, the same, like you, um, how to show Maladietz. I know. Davai. Davai. Davai, Davai. Show, show is like finished. Stow is like what? Um, Mm -hmm. let's see what else I know. I know the bad words. Uh, right. (laughs) 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 And I guess. This is just because I'm curious, but do you think the vodka is different here? 
first night went out with them, they're like, oh, you have to try Russian vodka. Like, Beluga. Heavy on my ass. I was like, what is this? <laughs> I was so gone. I'm like, I'll never drink with And they can drink. Russians can drink. Lord. That's a fact. That is a fact. I don't think I've ever tried the Russian vodka yet. I haven't oh, yeah, tried then. Russian vodka. None of my teammates, none of my Russian teammates drink vodka. Proceed with caution. I'm, I'm a big tequila guy, so... They don't have a lot of good tequila in Russia. I actually found some 1942 here in Krasnodar, though. So oh, wow. wow. I've, been, I've been big chilling since I found <laughs> that. So. All so right. All well, good. you you got to still research the, the vodka in Russia. I, um, I might have to try that. After my injury, I, I went crazy with it a little bit. <laughs> That's a wrap for Stewie's World. Thank you again to my guests, Arike Ugubawale and Alan Williams. For the fans out there, subscribe to the uninterrupted YouTube channel for more episodes. For the audio podcast listeners, subscribe to Stewie's World feed wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Brianna Stewart, and stay tuned for more episodes of Stewie's World. See you next time. Paka! Paka!